Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome, my friends, to episode 154 of Agitators Anonymous. Yes, we passed the 150 mark. Um, it seems like only 1972 since I started this whole thing, or whatever year you want to pick. Um, born in the 70s. I was born in the 70s. No, didn't really work, did it? Anyway, yes, episode 154 of Agitators Anonymous. Um, it is April the 7th. And greetings to you all from a slightly less rainy and miserable Dublin than it has been for the last while. But you're not here for a weather report. You're here to hear an old man shouts at clouds episode. And this is what you're going to get. What I'm going to do today is um, I made a video of this, which hasn't gone up yet, but this is the audio of that video. And this is basically me going through the Rolling Stones top 100 heavy metal songs of all time. Um, I made a video of it. It could be called, I suppose, low hanging fruit by some people. As in, isn't this isn't this below you, this kind of social commentary? Um, you're just, you know, caught up in this cycle of making content. Perhaps, perhaps not. But it is the sacred ground of heavy metal over which Rolling Stone has trod, if that's the right phrase. So why not make a commentary on it? I did it absolutely blind. I just went through the list and rambled across it. Um, I don't know who wrote the list. I didn't look into any of that kind of stuff. So there's no sort of prejudices or biases there on my behalf. I just went through the list. Now, I will say this. The criteria for what we judge the greatest is quite complicated. Are we talking about the greatest song, um, as in musically, the composition? Because this is relatively subjective, of course. Or are we talking about the greatest impact culturally, socially, um, songs that have lasted the test of time, um, that kind of thing. There's a couple of criteria which, to be fair, were not quite laid out in the introduction to the Rolling Stone article itself. I have no particular affinity or affiliation with the Rolling with Rolling Stone. I think I've only ever seen a couple of issues of it way, way, way back. 
Um, my grandfather used to bring them back from the USA, I think, for his sons, my uncles, which would have been the late 70s. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe I've seen once or two, one or two of them, but um, it was not a thing that was as big in Europe or in Ireland. Um, so I have no particular, you know, internal bias or against Rolling Stone, but... For the last few weeks, I've been making the new Primordial, whether it's been recording, um, being part of the mixing, mastering and the artwork, and it's all being finished. Um, And so for that reason, there hasn't been much of the social or political commentary really from the podcast the last while. Some of you wonder why. Some of you prefer that I don't touch that stuff. Things are just chaos, aren't they? They're just so much chaos everywhere. And um, sometimes you just wonder, what am I doing just wandering into the... I might as well be just wandering into the street, banging an old pot with a stick, just adding more noise to the noise. So for now, we'll just kind of stick to music. Um, And so here we are. The show is sponsored by Metal Blade. um, And you can go to IndieMerch.com slash Metal Blade and use the promo code... Um, AA2023 and you can buy all sorts of stuff you can get cool Cannibal Corpse reissues and vinyls all sorts of old cool stuff is being reissued now as I said before there's a few copies of that last primordial in the Hessian bag that Irish people carried around their potatoes once upon um, within you can go and order there follow the links under the description if you're also in a band and you're looking for a backdrop at the best prices the, all the proper uh, hanging eyelets uh, fireproofed all that kind of stuff you can hit me up in the DMs you can go and follow me on Instagram at nemthianga underscore primordial and I can send you across um, um, to well who knows maybe you don't need them for your band maybe you need them for your um, you're doing some sort of exhibition, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, you can hit me up in the DMs. If you want to see what I'm talking about, go and take a Google image search of, um, or whatever other search engine you're using. Uh, perhaps you're using DuckDuckGo, I don't know. Um, and look for Primordial Live and you will see the big, huge backdrops we have for festivals and that kind of stuff. Um, thoroughly recommended um, and the best prices, believe me. Having shopped around for backdrops back then, I can tell you, God damn it. Anyway, God damn it, Janet. Here is me uh, mulling over Rolling Stone's top 100 greatest heavy metal songs of all time. Now, it probably might help you if you bring up the article yourself. You can kind of, you know, scroll along with my ramblings or don't. All right. We shall see you next Tuesday. The heavy metal miscellany of Tuesday returns and we will get back to having some new and interesting guests and all that kind of stuff. Um, Now that the new primordial Album is done. Number 10, finished, signed, sealed and delivered this afternoon. I can sort of get back to the uh, the hectic and frantic life of a podcaster. My friends, here we are. All right, so let's do this. The 100 greatest heavy metal songs of all time as chosen by Rolling Stone magazine. Um, you could call it low-hanging fruit to do, um, you know, some content about this. But hey... Why not? Um, I don't have any particular bias against Rolling Stone magazine. I mean, I suppose for me, um, it's something I would have seen a copy or two that belonged to my uncle, uncles in the early 80s, I guess 70s editions of it. It wasn't easy to get here in Ireland, I think. Um, I suppose its fame is sort of broader than its readership maybe maybe it's its main era was in the early 70s um i suppose it didn't it inspire that cameron reed almost famous movie i don't know 
best based on is it Lester Bangs no Lester Bangs was the editor I don't know Rolling Stone I'm immediately suspicious um, and so let's uh, have a look at what they've decided are the top 100 um, heavy metal songs of all time um, well first of all the picture raises all sorts of um, issues uh, firstly it's obviously put together by somebody who doesn't know any of the people involved I mean of course Lita Ford should be nowhere near any image of the hundred greatest heavy metal songs of all time um, without a doubt Ozzy okay but it's a kind of mid early period Ozzy not even Sabbath you've got Lars Ulrich and James Hetfield um, so two members of Metallica I presume whoever made the photo doesn't know they're both in Metallica and I guess that's living color right um, again you know shouldn't be near a picture of the 100 greatest heavy metal songs of all time I think what was the living color album cult of personality sort of funk rock um, 1988-89 okay but you know so there you go that's first off my alarm bells are ringing because don't forget we are nerds and we are elitists and we take this stuff very seriously so let's make some let's discuss their 100 uh, albums of all time if you did not know who I am you just lighted upon my channel I'm Alan singer of primordial and say what you want about me I do know a few things about heavy metal um, you can put in the comments all the other things that you think number 100 venom welcome to hell well if this is the only venom song that is in the um, this top 100 then welcome to hell I suppose it's realistically because um, well you see it depends on the criteria of, of greatest what do we mean by greatest do we mean the greatest songs or the greatest impact or whatever I suppose um, you know I should read this in their mission statement thousands of years after the bronze and iron ages okay very good the true metal age don't have a century ago um, hair bands, Motley Crue, blah blah blah. Am I really going to read all this? Okay, I might as well. Black Sabbath convincingly evoked the true essence of evil with the lumbering three chord opening guitar riff of the song Black Sabbath, consecrating the first pure heavy metal crusher. Well, I would say the first actual heavy metal band who embraced the name is probably Judas Priest. And of course, Sabbath is the first um, metal band, but I don't think they really embraced the name heavy metal. I mean, they're really a heavy rock band, you know hit me up in the comments but you know retrospectively heavy metal fair enough Metallica revved up priest tempos to give hairbangers cases of whiplash okay hairbands like Molly Crew, Quiet Riot not heavy metal but although Quiet Riot have a song called Metal Health from what are you gonna do new metal corn slip naughty okay I may as well disclaimer I'm not gonna be able to comment too much on the musical nadir that I consider new metal to be but I of course understand that some of it has to be in there um death metal doom metal and black metal okay i'm curious as to what black metal they've put in there um intense declarations of individuality to be a metalhead you're rejecting normalcy okay well you're willing to believe in yourself and visit your dark side because you know the eardrum slaughtering decibels and aggressive lyrics are the crucible the crucible nice in which you feel something new and unique okay it's telling us we're um individuals Years removed from its initial rumbles, metal is now a cultural force. Is it really a cultural force in 2023? Hard to say. I think the last time it was a cultural force, hard rock, heavy metal, was really new metal, uh, sadly. I think it's quite removed from the mainstream. 
anyway, whatever. So they discussed then Blue Cheer and um, all the way to Power Trip. Okay. Blue Cheer, yes, I suppose you have your proto proto doom bands like Blue Cheer. Anyway, number 100, Venom, welcome to hell. Um, I mean, obviously, if it's Venom, it has to be Black Metal, the song, which coined an entire genre. Um, the Venom have better songs than Welcome to Hell. Um, and oddly enough, if you listen to the Venom demos before this, they, they sound an awful lot more like typical New Average Heavy Metal boogie rock. I'm not here to just discuss Venom. Um, but, you know, obviously Welcome to Hell is one of the most important records of all time. Um, and that's not just in terms of heavy metal. I mean, it was basically signified the end of the 70s. I think an awful lot of it to do with, to, to do with hell, Welcome to Hell is the the um, brick to the back of the head production, which is, if you listen to their demo from 80, the Impulse Studios demo from 80, you will hear um, a lot more of the quo. Anyway, Welcome to Hell, 1981. All right. Um, I mean, if it's there and black metal isn't there, Planets Collide, Crowbar, um, yeah, Crowbar, okay, um, this is a pretty cool song, Planets Collide, I think it's from Oddfellows Rest, um, again, if this is here and Solitude Eternus isn't here, well then, you know, like I said, I'm not going to not be elitist about this, um, 99, Crowbar, okay, 98, Executioner's Tax, Swing of the Axe, Power Trip, um, I get why this is here, this is a sort of sop to, um, you know, modern thrash metal hardcore fans. I mean, Power Trip are a band. I um, I don't mind them. I mean, is it something I didn't hear in 1988-89 from Crumb Suckers and Ludacrist, which is actually I think where they got their name from, or DRI? No, not really. It's not bad thrash metal. Um, would it make the top 100 metal songs of all time? No, I wouldn't say so. 97. 43% burnt, the Dillinger Escape Plan. Um, I suppose, culturally, the Dillinger Escape Plan is a pretty important band. I saw them play live once, somewhere in the early 2000s, maybe, and the show was absolutely insane. Um, Singer was off the charts. Now, how much the um, aggressive stage show sort of detracted from the music? Um hard to say hard to say i mean it certainly was an intense very very aggressive show i once we played in um poland with promoter once with megadeth in a football stadium or some sort of stadium and dillinger played and they played right before and the crowd literally gave them hell from the moment their backdrop went up and they uh put it up to that crowd they were fucking intense now whether the song would make the 100 greatest metal songs of all time um I don't know about that. I don't think so, but okay. Um, yeah, okay, predictably, girls' school. Yeah, right. Look, I respect girls' school. Um, even played with them a few times with Primordial. Um, uh, a couple of years ago, hung out with them. Awesome. Um, there's a really cool documentary about girls' school, um, of which you can find on YouTube. It's a kind of UTV documentary from about 80, and it's really funny to watch. Gives you a really interesting snapshot of the way um, England was and how grim it was in 1980. Um, Girls' School, total respect. Do they deserve to be in the 100 best metal songs of all time? Absolutely not. Not a chance, I'm afraid. Um, 95, Davidian Machine Head. Not my era of heavy metal. I understand its importance. 
1994 was really a time when I was completely immersed in, I suppose, black metal demo culture. And I see its importance. But again, it's sort of really not my thing. I think that it's... Heavy metal was in a strange period in 1994 because the old heavy metal bands, they're, they're sort of the last gasp of heavy metal and we're just on the cusp of this horrible sort of um, white zombie style um, mid-90s groove metal thing. And Machine Head, even still being the thrash metal, sort of, them and Pantera were the only kind of remnants of kind of riffing that sort of remained in that mid-90s. Um, do they deserve to be in the top 100? Well... In the meantime, Helmet. Helmet aren't metal. Um, important band, I suppose. I had a friend who really liked them in the early 90s. Should they be near the top 100 heavy metal songs of all time? Nope. 93, Cannibal Corpse, Hammer Smash Face. Um, I respect Cannibal Corpse greatly for longevity, but to be clear, if they're in the top 100 and Morbid Angel aren't, or Death aren't, it's just because this is the song from Jace Ventura. Um, culturally, I understand it. Um, I mean, Cannibal Corpse is a band that I think in the early 90s, you never, as a death metal fan, you never would have mentioned them quite in the same stellar names as Deicide, Morbid Angel, Death, Immolation. Um, but, yeah, on some level I can understand this. All We Are, Warlock. Um, I mean, this is from... Um, Triumph and Agony. Um, Warlock, actually, uh, a funny story about Dora Pesh. She once gave me a, a little bitch slap in the face. I had to take a photograph with her and I was super drunk. And I got her hair caught in some little thing like this. And she went, like a, not, not a slap, just a gentle shove of, you are a drunken moron, stop pulling my hair. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look. Her voice, killer. Um, personally, I think you could have put plasmatics there if you wanted to represent sort of um, 80s female rock or whatever. Um, should This should be in the top 100 song, metal songs of all time. Absolutely not, especially not if there's no Wasp or anything like this. 91, Pull Me Under, Dream Theater. I can't really comment too much on Dream Theater. I find it horrible. Um, I don't think he's a good singer. I find I find I find their fans generally tedious. Um, again, if Rush aren't in the top 100, see, I haven't even prepped any of this. And Dream Theater are, well, then there's going to be trouble. In the wake of 80s trailblazers like Queensrÿche, Fate's Warning, Dream Theater, yeah, I don't know. Um, there are people who swear by them. I get it. It's at least it's you know it's musician stuff. 90, Bring the Noise, Public Enemy featuring Anthrax. Okay, again, this whole first top 10 is an exercise in box checking and diversity. Um, Bring the Noise, no, not for me. Um, I get what Anthrax were trying to do, but also don't forget, Anthrax are partially to blame for new metal. They're partially to blame for rap rock. I mean, I'm the horror of I'm the Man a couple of years before um, looms over new metal like a specter, so I'm not going to be not elitist about it. Um, I actually was quite a f quite a fan of um, what's the not it takes a nation of millions in fear of a black planet. I think that was a second public enemy. Um, where she watches Channel Zero and stuff like that, which incidentally has a Slayer um, clip 
which introduced me to Public Enemy. Um, and certainly the anger and sort of aggression that I heard out of them in 80, must be 88, 89, 90. Um, yeah, I could resonate with that. Would it be in the top 100 metal songs of all time? No, definitely not. 89, Suicidal Tendencies, You Can't Bring Me Down. Okay, I get it. Um, you Can't Bring Me Down is probably one of Suicidal Tendencies' top moments. Oddly enough, I was listening to them only... Um, what, two days ago in the gym? And I thought to myself, what a fucking terrible singer Mike Muir really is. It's just... Um, you know, I get it. Super charismatic. Super charismatic guy. And it works on something like institutionalized. But as he tried to sort of breach out into sort of some of the stuff on Join the Army. Join the Army is a really weird record. It's like where Suicidal went, okay, we'll have a bit of that speed metal and put it into our music. But you take songs like Suicidal Maniac. I just... Don't know. Doesn't work for me. Um, 88. This time, Life of Agony. Okay, more more boxes ticked. Um, I'm, again, if Life of Agony here and Type of Negative aren't, you know, forget about it. Um, I find the Life of Agony style from back then was way too overwrought. The singing was too much for the music, and I, I think that Volbeat took quite a bit from them. 87, Slaughter of the Soul, At the Gates. Slaughter of the Soul. Okay, not um, Blinded by Fear. Is this songs or albums? This is songs. Okay. Because I think that, is, is the title track of this album not? Oh, I don't know. Um, At the Gates, yeah. I can't really complain too much about At the Gates. I think that Slaughter of the Soul is an absolutely killer album. Um, personally, I sort of prefer Red in the Sky is ours, the sort of strange violin creaking over the music. It's pretty kind of dark and stuff. Um, I, I think they probably mean Blinded by Fear, don't they? Okay. Killer riffing. I mean, at the gates, change the game here. 86, King Crimson, 21st Century Schizoid Man. Oh, that's an interesting choice. Um... Yeah, I, King Grimson, I really like this starless, um, this sort of very dark, dissonant, almost proto-black metal, stuff like that. Can't really argue too much with King Crimson. I'm not sure if it is it really heavy metal. I don't know. 85, there goes the neighborhood body count. I'm afraid not. Body count was a joke when that album came out. Um, I mean, it, it was infamous because of the song Cop Killer, um, controversial, um, all that kind of stuff. Lots of people liked it as an actual record. I mean, look, it's it's just a joke record, really, isn't it? Um, but, you know, culturally, it was pretty important. Pretty important record at the time, set to the backdrop, I guess, of the L.A. riots and stuff. I totally understand its cultural significance. But really, when you boil down to what the music is, again, top 100 heavy metal songs of all time. Think about how much heavy metal has been released over the last 40, 50 years, and you're going to put that in it. Um, 84, White Zombie, nope, not a chance. This is just horrible 90s groove metal. Already I can tell this rec this list seems to be by someone who, um, I'm not sure who made it, but there's not, I mean, the, the classic period of heavy metal, 78 to 88, um, lots of 90s stuff. Um, White Zombie, no. World Eater, wow, not Cenotaph. World Eater, Bolt Thrower, I mean, yeah, uh, this, I saw Bolt Thrower in 91, maybe, and they played World Eater into Cenotaph. What a, maybe, heaviest 10 minutes of your life right there. Um, 
yeah, I mean, Royal McCallus is my favourite Bolter album. It's an absolute monster, uh, absolutely ferociously huge record. Um, I wouldn't argue with this. 82, Kitty, I mean, forget it. Get the fuck out of here. This is just... You know why this is in the list. Ahead of Ball Thrower? No. I'm Look, I'm too old to be getting annoyed at these things. But if you're going to take, you know, our sacred ground of heavy metal... Uh, no. Kitty, get out of here. 81, Twisted Sister, we're not going to take it. No, this is just not... Again, if this is here and Manowar aren't in the list, or Accept aren't in the list, um, this is the first sort of... 80s uh, metal we get. I mean, I get to a sister. I will say this: are one of the most. They were one of the most incredible live bands ever, um, and you've got to give them some sort of credit for the the sticking power. And the, he's still one of the greatest frontmen I ever saw in the flesh, D. Schneider. Um, but as an actual song, they have way better songs than this. I mean, the kids are back. I am. I me. Um, you know, under the blade, way better songs. 80, My Own Summer, Shove It, Deftones. 97, I think, is the lowest point um, for heavy metal, probably in the last 50 years. There's literally nothing came out in that year that may, you know, was meant much. Emperor, Destroyer 666, a few other things. But um, I get why this is here. Deftones are certainly not the worst defenders of new metal. Um, but no. Balls to the Wall, except. Okay. Um, a bona fide actual song that I would have included in heavy metal um, yeah 1984 I mean has one of the greatest guitar tones of all time so iconic except the uh, two um, you know burning flying V's uh, the, ah, the Udo vocal thing yeah I mean it's except are one of the greatest heavy metal bands of all time there's absolutely no doubt about it I mean that you know fast as a shark with that I guess fast the shark is 82 so that would have been one of the fastest songs in 82 that anybody had heard yet I think that was a huge influence on and thrash metal um, no doubt about it 78 converge um, I'm a, I, I like con converge um, I have oh, I don't know one two th maybe three albums went to see them sometime in the early 2000s I like them uh, now, whether I would put the song in the top 100 of heavy metal songs of all time certainly wouldn't be on my list, but I get the significance. 77, Jesus Christ Post, Soundgarden. Is this heavy metal or is it grunge? Um, and the thing with an awful lot of those grunge bands is that they were metal guys in the 80s. Um, like, for example, Alice in Chains. Originally, sorry, I'm popping out of my top here. Um, Alice in Chains were Chains with a Z. That tells you all you need to know. They were a big hair glam rock band uh, even two or three years before. There's something strangely chameleon-like about that grunge scene. Um, there was an awful lot of, I think, bands who kind of, you know, changed their spots pretty quick when it started to get big. Um, Soundgarden, I don't really have an opinion on. They're okay. Top 100 heavy metal songs of all time? No. Friday to Die, Bathory. Yes, yes, and more yes. Um... In, yeah, it's a cool picture of Quarth. I've never seen that one before. I mean, this is the opening song from um, Bloodfire Death, 1988. I mean, this is the sort of perfect mixture of the old black metal and the epic Bathory. Um, one of the greatest epic metal songs of all time. I've spoken about them before on 
you know, on the channel here and there. So we're at 76. Bathory, okay, I can agree with that. 75, Youth Gone Wild, Skid Row. Um, I mean, look, I don't mind Skid Row. I thought the second album, um, Slave to the Grind, was a better record. I get it's sort of cultural significance um what is it a see again where what are we talking about it's your greatest impact culturally or is it actually a good song i don't really feel um youth gone wild is a is a great heavy metal song chopped in half obituary 74 um yeah i mean this is the i guess this is the the, the sort of standout track from cause of death it's the sort of hit it's got that chunky rhythm this you can see why um hammer smash faced would have been picked um chopped in half is you know i mean again if obituary is here and morbid angel and death aren't yeah this is we have a problem um chopped in half can't argue with that um 73 du hast ramstein okay interesting culturally hugely significant one of the greatest live shows i've ever ever seen absolutely amazing um would I again put them in the top 100? Um, no, but I couldn't. I could see why they would be included. 72. You suffer an epom death. I mean, really, this is like two, three seconds. Is this? What are we talking about here? Are we talking about songs that have cultural significance, or are they the greatest? You know, like, I mean, would you put Heaven and Hell by Black Sabbath in, or would you put in You Suffer by Napalm Death? I mean, Napalm Death, you, you could pick Instinct of Survival or something like this from the, or Siege of Power from Scum, and I would go, okay, I get it. Cultural significance, Napalm Death is huge. I'm still doing it now, but to put in a one-second song just sort of seems to be taking the piss. 71, Mastodon. I'm a, I'm, I like Mastodon. I think that they brought a kind of new um, angle on, you know, there's, I hear Thin Lizzy, I hear 70s rock, I hear... Um, you know, lots of great traditional old 70s rock within Mastodon. Um, yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Mastodon. Um, I understand why this would be in someone's top 100. Might not be in mine, but I get it. 70, Flying Whales, Gojira. Okay, I mean, look, if you're going to do the 100 heavy metal songs of all time, I suppose you're going to have a sop to different generations. Gojira is an interesting band. They've sort of mixed eco topics with um some morbid angel riffs from domination okay i mean would it be in the top 100 heavy metal songs of all time um if battle hymns isn't here and this is here 69 evil merciful fate only at 69 okay of course merciful fate should be in the top 100 list of this heavy metal songs of all time don't worry i'm gonna get really tedious and nerdy about this of course, what did you expect? Evil, Merciful Fate. I mean, yeah, look, this is... I was born in the cemetery. I mean, this is the opening song from Melissa. Arguably the greatest heavy metal debut of all time. Um, Merciful Fate, you know, obviously are back now. Perhaps you've seen him. It's incredible. Yeah, of course this deserves to be in the top 100. Running with the Devil, Van Halen. Is Van Halen a heavy metal band? No, not really. Although the cultural significance and importance of that first Van Halen album can't be, um, cannot be overstated. I mean, they literally just took hard rock by the scruff of the neck in 1978 and just, um, and just ran with it and took it somewhere new. All four of them stars in their own right. 
Uh, I will say that Van Halen probably had more cultural impact in the USA than in Europe in 1978. Um, so, you know, but I get it. It's Rolling Stone magazine. 67, Blind, Corn. Again, it's not really for me to comment on. I'm getting the real the sort of sense that what we're picking here is sort of culturally significant metal songs, um, which I suppose wasn't really laid out exactly in the mission statement. Um, because I don't know. I mean, I will give Korn this. The sound at the time was something different. I'd never really heard a sound like that. Um, I'm not a hater particular of Korn. I saw them in 1997 or 8 in Dynamo. They played the same year as Marilyn Manson, who just invited people to throw things at him, um, which they did. Tiamat, I think, headlined that day, if I'm not incorrect. Um, but yeah, I don't really have a comment on this. Bang Your Head, Metal Health, Quiet Riot. Yeah, I mean, Quiet Riot's Metal Health album in 83 was the first ever you know multi-million selling heavy metal record it's it's a, not a great record metal health is a good song it's culturally significant and important because it sort of opened the gates and all the labels then went looking for heavy metal bands um it was the first heavy metal album to top the you know the billboard charts at number one um so is it a good song it's an okay song over my head king's x wow okay this is um, an interesting choice um, King's X is, um, I think, the band's band, or the band's band's band, or something like this. Um, a good band. I can't pretend to be the most, um, you know, in-depth fan of their work, but certainly um, I could see why some people would put them in this list. 64, black number one, typo negative. Okay, yeah, there you go. I mean, the, the perfect sort of gothic metal um, mid-90s. What Typo Negative did is really interesting culturally and in, in terms of rock music is they brought a kind of um, sexiness back to metal when it was all about, you know, um, it was all sort of new metal baggy pants and wrapping stuff and this and that and the other. And they brought something, an echo of the Nephilim and Sisters of Mercy and stuff from the 80s into the 90s and it was a strange sound because it was a sort of doom doomy sabbathy sound of course i'm a fan of carnivore i wouldn't expect them to be in the list but typo negative i can't complain 63 summertime blues blue cheer um yeah i mean i guess it's just they're called the they're called the first heavy metal but this is a cover of eddie cochran um i mean um is blue cheer is this one of the top 100 metal songs of all time? Um, I don't think so. Are they important? Yeah, they're pretty important, I suppose. 62, Dragonaut, Sleep. Okay, interesting. Um, Dope Smoker was a pretty big album at the time, and I think introduced that whole sort of stoner Sabbath vibe to 90s heavy metal. So I could see why this was included. Um, 61, We Will Rise, Arch Enemy. No, definitely not. Um, I wouldn't put Arch Enemy anywhere near the top 100 heavy metal songs of all time certainly not ahead of at the gates um 60 people equals shit okay slipknot 2001 not my generation um not my generation at all i understand that for many people slipknot were a gateway stay hydrated um slipknot were a gateway drug to better bands and people you know their live show at the time was pretty extreme 
yeah, I mean, okay. I, uh, culturally, I understand why they would be in the list. Again, are we making, what's the differentiation between cultural and sort of a genuinely good song? Um, 59, The Freezing Moon Mayhem. Okay. Yep, I can't argue with that. The very first time I ever heard it, I suppose, is it on the, um, well, it's on Live in, uh, must have been Live in Leipzig, I guess. There were tapes knocking around of this um, Impressions of a Stained Mind compilation, is it? Which, if you have on vinyl, is a pretty fucking rare record. But there was two, I think there was two studio, the only time Dead got into the studio was to record, I think, two songs. One of which was Freezing Moon, what was the other? People are going to kill me in the comments, no doubt. Um, but Freezing Moon Mayhem, yeah, they've chosen the Demysteries version. Can't argue with this. Um, seesawing drums made for a grindcore monument. The black metal groups have aspired a copy of it since. Grindcore monument. Nothing grindcore about Mayhem. Um, 58, Refuse, Refuse, Refuse Resist, Sepultura. Um, not My Sepultura. My Sepultura is Beneath the Remains, Schizophrenia. I think In Herself was probably, um, you know, a more important song. Hard to say. Territory Refuser Sis, the endless staple of cover. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's bands throughout the world. Um, and yeah, I could get why this has made somebody's list. Uh, specifically somebody who didn't uh, clock out of sort of mid-90s um, heavy metal. 57, My Dying Bride. Wow. Now there's something out of left field I didn't expect. The Cry of Mankind, the opening song from the Angel in the Dark River. Doo, 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 doo. Um, yeah, I mean, My Dying Bride sort of 
them, Pardis Lost and Anathema, perfectly represent that sort of old doom death sound from the early 90s. This is 95. Um, I saw them a few times around this period, and yeah, they were they were monumental, huge live. Um, saw them at Dynamo as well. This was a big record. Cry Mankind, I guess it was one of the first times a band had made something this long and gloomy, and it was a video, and I think Aaron was on the cross in the video. Um, Drunk on Byron, Keats and Shakespeare. Moans like a lonely vampire. Yeah, um, I could see this. 56, Bark at the Moon. Yeah, okay. I can't really argue with this. Solo Aussie stuff. I've always been more of a solo below Dio guy than a solo Aussie guy if you have to choose. Well, why do you have to choose? Um, Bark at the Moon. Yeah, I mean, look. Um, it's, it's a brilliant record. Jake E. Lee. I suppose it's interesting that it would be... Um, Sorry, I'm just reading this here. Yeah, it's interesting that you would choose a Jakey e. Lee one over a Randy Rhodes song, unless there's another Randy Rhodes uh, crazy train or something after this. But Bark of the Moon, yeah, I mean, it's look, it's a great song. 55, Caffeine, Faith No More. Um, Caffeine is the heaviest and most hair-raising song from Angel Dust. Again, Faith No More, no, not my thing. I saw them in 89 with Prong. It was pretty cool, I suppose, um, except they, they arrived really late to the gig made everybody everybody was sitting waiting for them and what we used to do was we used to walk back from it was in a place called Dunleary which is quite far out of Dublin and we would have to wait for the last train to come back into the city but we used to sometimes if we missed it walk all the way back in which is if you know anything about Dublin it's a long walk um, and Faith No More made us miss that train because they just arrived I think they were playing Top of the Pops the same night I never liked it I don't like this nasal um, vocal style, I think I went because I got in for free. Um, just not my thing. Anything with a sense of humor? Nope, obviously. 54, Photograph, Def Leppard. Okay, so again, culturally, the significance of Def Leppard on this Pyromania, this huge single, this photograph with the big chorus, I think inspired lots of bands. So we're talking really the greatest uh, songs with cultural impact because it's certainly not the best Def Leppard song. Um, Rock of Ages, um, is way better than this for example you know um i just want to kind of just go back over the mission statement at the start of this top 100. um this time we discussed the earliest metal songs going back to bluetooth deafening cover um bands who defined a metal ethos for the time they come out even if their songs don't sound as intense as say emperor in the case of metal forebirth like Led Zeppelin and even Black Sabbath, who have shunned the metal tag, we picked the most metal songs in their catalogue. Our contributors submitted ballots of their personal picks of the top metal songs. We tied them up and we spotted a few pleasant surprises on how the ranking shook out. Right, okay. It still doesn't quite tell me, um, are these cultural or not? Um, and I'll just say the word kitty again. So... Of course, when you do a list like this, you open yourself up to the scrutiny of um, dickheads like me. But anyway, 53, 46 and 2, Tool. Um, I'm not a Tool hater, I find. Sometimes they're fans. I used to DJ. Tool fans, I find, kind of um, what could be the most unbearable people you would meet DJing. They would always 
want to, if you were, I don't know, kicking up a storm, getting people enjoying their Saturday night, they would always want to ruin it by having you play um, Tool after you've just played Rock and Roll Damnation from Power Rage. And just like, dude, really? But they always just seemed kind of internal miserablists who'd kind of wanted to ruin everybody's good time. And also this lecturing tone of, this is the best band in the world and don't you know? And then you would go, well, do you know Rush or King Crimson or... No. Um, but I understand the significance and I'm not a tool aider. I think actually musically they're all right. Um, I would have maybe picked Sober instead of this song if I was going to pick one. Um, tool, yeah, fine. I mean, I could get it. 52, Deliverance, Opeth. Yeah, I mean, I saw Opeth maybe in 96 um, with Impaled Nazarene in London. And this is before they got big, I think just for Orchid. I think they'd just come off a tour in the UK with Morbid Angel, maybe, and they hadn't quite hit it big. Um, and, yeah, they were cool. Um, uh, I like Mikhail a lot. He's a fucking good guy. Um, and there is something completely individual about Opeth. It's not really my thing. Um, although, during the lockdown, I kind of refamiliarized myself with a few of the records, and I like a few of the last few. Um, yeah. I mean, look, realistically, um, whether they're particularly my band or not, I don't see any reason why Opeths aren't in there. 51, Slate Man, Godflesh. Um, yeah, I can understand the sort of mixing of the kind of heavy drum machine sounds, which I suppose was taken a little bit from Swans and a bit from 80s electronic music and mixing it in with the grinding riffs. Street Cleaner is really, um, I suppose, was... Uh, well, would you put in that or this? Yeah, I get why Godflesh is in there. Um, again, so high, I don't know. I understand if you're trying to pick something that's a bit, um, you know, that's a bit alternative, a bit different, why you would pick Godflesh. Again, would you put them in the top 100 songs of all time? Have you songs of all time? I don't know about that. That brings us to, yeah, 50. Half of them done. Um, 50. Procreation of the Wicked, Celtic Frost. Okay, I would have picked Dethroned Emperor, but I get it. Celtic Frost has to be in the list of the top 100 of all time. I mean, this is the progenitor of so many, um, so much extreme music. Hellhammer and Celtic Frost. To leave them out would just be ridiculous. Um, this is an interesting choice from Emperor's Return. Um... No, it's not from Emperor's Return, is it? It's from Morbid Tales. Procreation of the Wicked. Yeah, I mean, can argue with this. Heavier than heavier than granite riffs. Yeah, okay. 49, Ministry, just one fix. Um, ministry, not really my thing. Um, I get why this could be in there, though. I guess I can see why it's important. Again, a cultural choice, I suppose, more than a... Is it a musical choice? Isn't this... Just One Fix, is, doesn't this have the guy from Butthole Surfers doing the ba-ba-ticka-ticka-ticka-ticka-ticka-ticka-ticka-ticka-ticka-ticka-ticka-ticka-ticka-ticka-ticka-ticka-ticka-ticka-ticka-ticka-ticka-ticka-ticka-tic
yeah, never did a hell of a lot for me, although I like them. I kind of prefer the um, the EP beforehand. Um, but okay, Queensryche. 47, Locust Star Neurosis. All right, getting serious now. Yeah, I mean, look, from Through Silver and Blood, Locust Star is a huge, huge song. Um, and to see Neurosis live at this time, phew, one of the heaviest things you've ever seen. Saw them a few times in the 90s around this period as well. Um, yeah, I wouldn't really argue with what it was. 46, Night Goat, the Melvins. Um, confession, I don't think the Melvins meant as much in Europe as it did in the USA. Their records were hard to find um, growing up and being a super serious black metal kid, um, I just found the sense of humor off-putting with the Melvins, although you can't really deny the riffs. They've got some big riffs. Um, would I put this above Celtic Frost? No, of course not. Anyway. 45, Symphony of Destruction, Megadeth. Of course, Megadeth should be in the top 100. I would. They would probably have, if P-Cells isn't in the top 10, we probably got a problem. Um, Symphony of Destruction, yeah, I mean, look, this is, you know, Megadeth figured out the fucking doo-doo, the, the tempo that was going to bring them into the charts. Symphony of Destruction is a really well-crafted, really well-executed song. Great singing, great, you know, it's a dance floor filler. Um, at a time when traditional heavy metal in 92 was sort of ebbing away. It's a great song. It's a great heavy metal song. Uh, 44, Green Machine, Caius. I'm a Caius fan. Um, I remember my friend Phil, uh, shout out to Phil, uh, down the road. We were growing up into death metal and thrash together, late 80s, early 90s. And he disappeared off to America for the summer. I think he was about, we were 17 or 18. Um, and he came back with the cassette of Caius, the um, gold cover, which is the logo on it. And we listened to that um, and the album after it, like to death that summer. I have a memory of listening to it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really like the first three Caius records. Again, I wouldn't, I couldn't fathom putting them out of Celtic Frost, but you know. 43, bring me back to life, Evanescence. No, get the fuck out of here. Useless. Um, 42, <laughs> to say Evanescence and then say Emperor. Ugh, leaves a poor taste in my mouth. Curse you all men. Emperor, um, I have... Inua Satana would have been, I suppose, a better choice for me. But Emperor, yeah, you can't argue about Emperor's cultural significance. They were... I, I, I admire the way they steered the ship. Ishan steered the ship of Emperor... And when, you know, it became clear that Emperor was sort of a done deal, he went off and did his own solo records. He didn't try and hoist them under the name of Emperor just for the bit of extra cash and that kind of thing. Um, they've always had a kind of tasteful approach to what they've done um, as they've returned. Um, yeah, and polite gentlemen. Yeah. 41, Bleed Meshuggah. Uh, I get it. Not my thing. Meshuggah, I totally understand the cultural and musical significance of what they were doing. Um, the musicianship, um, I always found the singing a bit weird with Meshuggah, um, as if I sort of expected them to push the singing to at least a couple of other boundaries, but um, maybe that's part of the charm. Okay, 40, Victim of Changes, Judas Priest. Yeah, I mean, this is um, one of the first sort of twin guitar Priest songs that really sort of defines heavy metal. Sidewings of Destiny, which is one of the greatest artwork ever. Um, yeah, I mean, if this is here and Painkiller isn't, mm, okay. But 
Yeah, I mean, look, it's classic, classic song, classic priest. 39, for whom the bell tolls, Metallica. Yeah, Metallica is crazy if you think about Kill 'em All is, you know, first line of the first song, no life to leather, gonna kick some ass tonight. And in one year, they've gone from that to Fade to Black and Fade to Black and From the Beltos. From the Beltos is a great lyric. Um, it's mature, the singing, it's so heavy, the tone. Um, I mean, I think Creeping Death, for example, is a better song, or Fire Fire Would Fire is a better song. But yeah, it's an amazing song, From the Beltos, totally. 38, Killing the Neighbor Against the Machine. It's not heavy metal. Um, I understand its cultural significance. Again, 92, set to the backdrop of the LA riots and all that kind of thing. But it just became a really, you know, fuck you, I won't do the dishes. Fuck you, I won't, you know, change my bed or tidy my room. And that's what we saw it as when we were... It was just kind of childish. Um, I mean, hey, look, there's a sister in the list. But whatever. 37, Chop Suey, System of Down. Of course, they wouldn't be near a list I made, but I get the cultural significance of System of a Down. They're an interesting and odd band. Um, I think he's a really good singer. I like the slow songs. It's just the jokey stuff that I couldn't reconcile myself with. It seemed at the time that the only rock that was really getting any uh, sort of popularity was a sort of slightly jockey, jokey um, sort of... It was kind of goofy, but had humorless at the same time. I don't know how to describe it, but they just not for me. 36, Rocky Like a Hurricane, Scorpions. Yeah, cool. Scorpions are there. Um, this is, I guess, their biggest mainstream sort of hit from 84. They have many, many better songs than Rocky Like a Hurricane. Um, it's, you know, it's classic 80s, um, big chorus stuff. Um, I really do like that sort of early to mid 70s scorpion early john roth period but i'm not a i'm not one of those people who just only wants to hear you know uh, in trance or something like this i'm really big fan of the late 70s early 80s scorpions this was the kind of the last gasp of their fame and popularity i guess 35 fade to black metallica okay they're just two after three after four after their previous entry yeah i mean this is a huge song it's an important song um, they literally, one year from Kill 'em All to this, offered this ballad. It's still one of those uh, tear jerkers. It's a really, really dark song. Um, and it's a very important song. It was one of the first songs, I suppose, in 84. It has a depth and maturity to it that I think betrays their, their age, really. Yeah, okay. 34, Smoke in the Water, Deep Purple. Um, okay, I, Purple's weird for me, I like Purple, but never liked them as much as I did Sabbath or Zeppelin. Um, this is just kind of picking their most famous song. I mean, of those other songs they have I would have thought were better, but yeah, I mean, you know, you can't argue Richie Blackmore, what he brought to rock was something very different because he was taking a lot from classical music, not blues, um, and without him there'd probably be no power metal as you knew it there wouldn't be any ingve so okay 33 lisa ford get out of here this is fucking rubbish um just pff, no 32 mother danzig i mean lita ford then danzig yeah danzig has to be here um from the first album absolutely amazing record first four danzig 
four of the greatest rock records ever made. Then it all fell off a cliff, but I mean, look, we got four of the greatest records uh, you could ever imagine. Um, and 88, yeah, I mean, the, the tone. Uh, I mean, it kind of sounds a bit like um, Ruben just left the room set up after the cult electric and just went, hey, shh, go in and use their amp settings. But um, yeah, can't argue with that. 31, Heaven and Hell, Black Sabbath. Heaven and Hell is two ahead of Kiss Me Deadly. Yeah, of course, Heaven and Hell. The fact that it's only 30, I mean, this could be number one. If this was number one, I wouldn't argue with it. Heaven and Hell is one of the greatest songs ever. It's, you know, absolute pinnacle. Incredible production, huge. And don't forget 1980, you know, this is post-punk when punk was supposed to have killed heavy metal in 1980 you have ace of spades back in black heaven and hell um moving pictures i think is 80 um yeah of course it didn't heaven and hell huge 30 enter samuel metallica um i mean it's uh from as a metal fan at the time to watch metallica go from your band to being everybody's band i mean that's that's the kind of elitist worst nightmare, isn't it? But we saw it happening with one. Um, I'm not a hater of the Black Album. It's it's okay. I think there's better songs than this on it, though. But I understand culturally significant. It just blew the doors wide open for heavy metal. Um, 29, Walk, Pantera. Uh, again, this groove metal thing is not my thing. I totally understand why they're in the list. Um, but... I suppose if you're a 90s metal fan, in 92, I mean, 92, I think, is the year of Blazing in the Northern Sky and um, that kind of thing. So for me, yeah, it doesn't really work, you know. Um, 28, Holy War is Punishment to Megadeth. Yeah, I mean, look, you can't argue, rust in peace. My favorite Megadeth album is Peace Cells. Um, but, yeah, you can't argue with Holy Wars. It's just such a incredible um, slab of vital energy 27 living after midnight Judas Priest ah no I mean I get the significance of it in a way because it's one of the the thing about British Steel is that this dun, 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 this thing the bar chord chunk which isn't really there in their 70s stuff. Their 70s stuff is much more twin harmony stuff. British Steel is, is arguably ushered in the 1980s. It's got, you've got Grinder, you've got Metal Gods. It's, it ushers in a different sound and a tone and a texture that thrash metal took from. And so the significance of British Steel, you cannot um, overstate. But as a song, Living After Midnight is a kind of, they don't break in the law, um, the sort of pop hits from the record. Um, Cool song, yeah, of course. Best song from the album? No. 26, I'm my evil diamond head. Nice, okay. Yeah, bit of love to the diamond head. Um, love old diamond head. I mean, arguably Metallica made a sort of better version of it than diamond head did. Um, but yeah, it's a brilliant song. And it's uh, diamond head were kind of, they were taking that 70s big overblown you know the cashmere sort of zeppelin and trying to put it into new british heavy metal diamond head am i evil yeah i can't argue with that rainbow in the dark Dio. yeah okay i mean i guess you know to be fair to the list it's got you can see they're trying to cover all sorts of bases and if this was a list that was made let's say 20 years ago uh by i doubt you would have seen 
um, Dio and stuff would have been all new metal garbage just in the list. Um, so, I mean, I suppose it's got a bit of everything. Um, it's hard to make a top 100 list, I suppose. Um, I get that. Um, and the compromises that you have to make. Dio, Rainbow in the Dark. Yeah, I mean, look, these records, the first two, three, specifically two, but I'll go to Sacred Heart. Ah, you know, I mean, yeah. Rainbow in the Dark. I think there's better songs again on Holy Diver, but um, it's a great song. 24 South of Heaven, Slayer. I was thinking, yeah, we haven't seen or heard much from Slayer. Um, South of Heaven, yeah. I mean, South of Heaven is the record by Slayer I go back to the most. It is um, the darkest Slayer record. It and Hell Awaits have this sort of evil energy to them. And South of Heaven is the first record. Rain. I, I will say this, Rain and Blood is the first record whereby... People outside of metal heard it and kind of, you, it was impossible to laugh at, in a sense. You couldn't poke fun at Rain and Blood. It was so brutal and so violent. And it was one of the first records which wouldn't, didn't have a kind of goofiness that, um, you know, some people would have said, um, you know, the kind of David Byrne type talking cunts of the world would have said, oh, you know, heavy metal is this, that and the other, um, you know, with its spandex and its gauntlets and its, you know, sort of camp machismo rain and blood was the first record that just went bam um fuck you i think that was that you just cannot really criticize seven is the is a strange move afterwards and there's an alternate universe where sayer followed south of heaven um and that route you hear on the song seasons in the abyss and so instead of going into and then you know the kind of angry stuff that followed 23 shout of the devil motley crew yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of Shout of the Devil. Is it heavy metal? No, not really. Um, great record, though, and um, great sound. Huge big tone, huge big drum sound. And I think the, you know, the this was a great big cultural shift of kind of post-Quiet Riot, post-photographed Def Leppard cultural shift, where new metal, or, you know, hair metal, whatever you want to call it, was just about to just explode in the world. 22, Colin Marsh, Anthrax. Ah, Anthrax above Slayer? No, I'm afraid not. Um, Among the Living, I mean, to, you know, you'll have watched me do videos with Joe from Gumbum. All-time classic for him. For me, Anthrax, I would never have put them with Megadeth Slayer. Um, Megadeth Slayer, Metallica. Uh, uh, but I get it. I get it. 21, The Trooper, Iron Maiden. Okay, yep, can't argue with that. I mean, you know, oddly few Maiden songs so far. Um, but you can't argue with peace of mind. I mean, I think Maiden are better songs and it's a kind of overplayed one. But I guess I, I understand why it was picked here. Yeah. 20, round and round rat. Rat is ahead of Iron Maiden. Okay. Yeah, I mean, look, I like the first couple of Rat albums. <clears throat> uh, well, you know, I mean, I'll even go to Invasion of Your Privacy and stuff. Um and I think that the first EP, whatever you want to call it, um, has got some sort of speed metally heavy hair kind of riffs. Quite like it. Good song, great tone, Martini and Crosby. Um, it's cool. I like it. Now, whether it should be ahead of Heaven and Hell and the Trooper? No, not really. 19, Peace Sells Megadeth. Okay. Yeah, I mean, can't argue about that. Um Again, that's my favorite Megadeth album. Why they have to persist with some of the stupid covers, I ain't superstitious. This is just totally not needed. Um, 
I think I prefer my last words and you know good morning Black Friday and stuff but yeah peace cells also absolutely incredible lyrics great great lyrics that still somehow have resonance 18 immigrant song Led Zeppelin the blueprint from which Manowar literally took everything kill with power I think they sort of took a lot from immigrant song yeah I mean immigrant song is 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 a kind of proto metal song without a doubt um is it a heavy metal song I don't know back in black ACDC yeah I mean I it's we're this is we're gets getting squirrely now of course ACDC I mean but if you're gonna pick ACDC um you're sort of opening the door to an awful lot of things again 1980 you know punk was supposed to have killed hard rock 1980 produces the biggest one of the biggest selling albums of all time so you know obviously it didn't um it's just revisionist bullshit um yeah i mean look back in black what, what can you argue about? it's one of the most flab-free muscular records of all time um brian johnson produces a masterful performance this is the perhaps the greatest hard rock vocal performance of all time 16 hallow be the name iron maiden okay there'd have been trouble if this wasn't in there this is one of the greatest epic metal songs of all time um it's just absolutely fucking brilliant and a vocal um powerhouse this is bruce dickinson laying down the law going hey forget about that guy previous um you know it's yeah it's masterful and if you watch the 82 version the one they didn't release the Smith Odeon show because it was too dark I think Steve thought it was too dark this show one of the greatest um video shows that there is 15 Angel of Death Slayer yeah of course I mean can't argue with this it's just um about as violent as it gets Rain of Blood, still one of the most, if not the most extreme metal album of all time. Um, yeah, it has to be there. 14 Stargazer Rainbow, nice choice. Yeah, huge, huge record, Cosy Powell there. Um, I mean, this is Blackmore and Dio and at their height, their peak. It's just an absolutely incredible song. Um, and if I could have that drum sound for every primordial album, I would gladly have it. Thank you very much. 13 paranoid black sabbath um yeah i mean look this is not a great black sabbath song it's just got the gong 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 which became the blueprint for lots of heavy metal yeah it's an important one um not uh, at all one of their greatest songs totally understand why i suppose as i as about you know reassessing the Reassessing what's happening with this list, um, I can you can sort of see why it's culturally significant. Twelve cult called personality, living color. No, um, certainly not. Um, you know, I, I get the cultural significance um, of a band of um, you know black dudes playing heavy metal, but it's not really heavy metal. It's kind of funk rock. Nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah, I mean, um, my mate had this record, and we used to listen to this. And like I said, he was into LL Cool J and Public Enemy and stuff. Um, I remember it at the time. Um, unfortunately, my brain associates it with horrible, the horror of Red Hot Chili Peppers and Fate No More, and um, that you would have this above South of Heaven, I think, no. Um, one by Metallica. Uh, this song is so played out, I'm so tired of it. Um, it used to be every weekend in the um, uh, DJing in Dublin uh, in the 90s. Um, I get it because 
you know, it was the first video Metallica had made. They sort of were laid out of the gate in making videos. And I remember watching it on MTV at the time, and it was just bizarre. I was like, wow, they're showing one of our bands. And the video was dark, and it was angry Hatfield, and it's which is the Hatfield you want. Um, and I get it. Ten, Run to the Hills, Iron Maiden, same as Hallowed Be the Name. Yep, this is the the shuffle beat it's um according to the internet run to the or number of the beast has sold 18 million copies with almost no radio play no support from the mainstream um i'd like to know how many copies physically that is but i would say it's at least 12 13 14 uh, martin birch incredible production yep holy diver nine dio yeah i mean you can't really argue with holy diver um it's an absolutely classic song. Again, like I said, you can understand. I, it, it's the list. It's a it's a complicated thing to balance the cultural significance and the song and the songs. I mean, like just going back to like to, to twelve to live in color. I mean, I understand the cultural significance. It's just, you know, is it a great song? Um, eight, raining blood, Slayer. Okay, yeah. I mean, look, you can't argue with this. Again. Um, it's an odd thing making a top 100 because do you like do you end up packing so many um, songs by the same band in the top 10 or do you try and give it more um, you know sometimes when we used to make lists when we were kids or that kind of thing we would say oh no you're only allowed to pick one per band I suppose that's ridiculous though isn't it um, 7 Iron Man Black Sabbath okay I mean, look, I, I can't really argue with any Sabbath song being in there. Um, Iron Man, yeah, I mean, War Pigs probably would be better. Crazy Train, Aussie, yeah, I mean, again, I don't really like this song. I find it a bit crazy. I read this thing that Aussie was so out of it during the recording sessions that, um, what's the keyboards player's name? Bass player's Bob Daisley. Um, I can't remember the keyboard player's name. Lee Chris Lake, no, he was on drums, wasn't he? I don't know. Anyway, that he used to do the vocal lines um, on the keyboard and write them because Ozzy was, you know, to kind of write them during the rehearsal because he wasn't, didn't have his head together. Ah, okay, here we go. Five War Pigs, Black Sabbaths. Yeah, can't really argue with that. Four Breaking the Law, Judas Priest. I mean, no painkiller in this top 100 and also no Motorhead so far, um, which I find kind of ridiculous. I mean, if you're going to put in three or four Metallica or Slayer songs, you surely have to have more than three Judas Priest songs. More than... Yeah, okay. Breaking the Law. Yeah, I get it. It was Priest breaking out into making a chart song. Again, Painkiller isn't in the top 100. Arguably the greatest heavy metal song of all time. Also, No Death. Um, no Morbid Angel, but Cannibal Corpse. Doesn't make sense. Three, Ace of Spades, Motorhead. Okay, yeah, I mean, look, you can't argue with that, can you? Um, it's just... It's one of the biggest um, rock songs, something going on outside. Uh, we'll ignore that. Yeah, I mean, you can't argue with Ace of Spades, can you? I mean, it's just a monolith. Um, two, Master Puppets Metallica. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is sort of post-Stranger Things choices. I mean, it is Metallica's sort of monolith um, from an album that's an absolute, complete and utter masterpiece. Yeah, hard to argue with. I mean, it's an absolutely incredible song. One, Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath. Yeah, okay. I mean, 
I mean, to me, the beauty of Black Sabbath is it sounds a note of doom for the end of the 1960s. It's like, fuck your hippie bullshit and your idealism. It, this is darkness. And that um, is set the tone for heavy metal and I think set the tone for um, what was to come after that. And I think for heavy metal nerds, I think it represents everything you want to know in those opening three notes. Um, so what do I think of the Rolling Stones top 100? I mean, obviously, if you post, um, I mean, look, I'm just scrolling through it. The round and round is here and death aren't here. And there's no morbid angel chapel of ghouls. Um, you know, I mean, there's no, not much of a represent from thrash metal. There's no Sodom creator. I guess there wasn't going to be, you were going to get your Celtic frost. Um, to just represent that, there's a lot of heavy metal that's missing and a lot of stuff that is clear, um, you know, choices to fit into our modern sort of diversity narrative, which, of course, fundamentally, if you're going to pick the greatest and make that statement, um, then you can't, the balance of those things is difficult. You can't do those two, same two things at the, at the same time, because then you just end up including things that aren't great songs for their purely to um as a sop to diversity and i just don't think that's how you make a list like this um but it's not bad it's not bad um and you know is it low hanging low low hanging fruit to make some content with with i suppose it is but you know like i said if you're a heavy metal um nerd a heavy metal elitist a heavy metal snob then you know you put a list like that out and people are going to comment on it um yeah there's tons of things missing um there is of course and it's difficult to give uh, due respect to um if you make a compromise list like this would say you've got 10 12 20 different people all thrown in their bits and pieces um there are people who are going to make political decisions you know um as opposed to musical decisions or cultural decisions, as opposed to whether something is a great song or not. I mean, scrolling through Queensryche, okay. Um, but again, you know, you kind of set the tone when you, when you look at, you're gonna to have to go and look at the main picture yourself and you think to yourself, really, we just put Lita Ford in the middle of the picture. I mean, immediately you're gonna draft derision from heavy metal fans, but there you go. Rolling Stone, top 100 heavy metal songs of all time. It's not bad. It's not as bad as it could have been. It's not as bad as it would have been, certainly, if this was done in the early to mid-2000s. Um, it would have just only been, I'm pretty sure, System of Down and whatever else. It's got some trad metal in there. Um, but, you know, I, I understand the complicated nature of making a top 100. So, there you go. That's my heavy metal nerd... If you sat through all of that, me whinging and complaining, you are a, um, a person of strong character. And I do apologize for making your Monday morning that little bit gloomier. But that's my place in life. Over and out. Next time.